0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're continuing our series on the subject of joy. And we've gone through it. We we talked about first that you got to be saved. If you're not saved, I'll just tell you right now, you're not going to have joy. Now, you can enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but you're not going to know true joy and happiness and satisfaction until you get saved, until you know for sure that Christ is your Savior. We've talked about joy in serving God. We've talked about uh, joy in, in stewardship and in giving and joy in serving God. This morning, I'd like to draw your attention to these verses in Zephaniah 3, and I'd like to show you the correlation between joy and singing. Now, if you ever meet a joyful person, you'll find someone who loves music and loves singing and loves to worship God. And if you find someone that's singing and loves music and loves to worship God, you'll find a joyful person. They just, they go together. You can't separate the two. Notice verse number 14, brother Dan read it for us. It says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and, what's the next word? Rejoice. When you're singing, when you're shouting, when you're praising God, you are going to be joyful. You know why we don't have joy? Because everything is about us. Everything is focused on self. And we're not praising God, we're not worshiping God, we're not glorifying God. And guess what? We're depressed. We're miserable, we're not happy because you weren't made to glorify yourself. I was not made to glorify myself. I was made to glorify my creator and joy comes from singing and praising God. Notice with me verse number 17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. That is speaking about God. He will rejoice over you with joy. Did you know that you bring joy to the heart of God? Now there's times where we don't live that way or there's times we make mistakes and obviously that hurts God's heart. But can I tell you why you bring joy to your father? Because you are his child. My girls, my wife and I, we've got our girls, uh, Lacey and Savannah and Chloe and Kylie, and uh, last night, for whatever reason, it wasn't the time change, but Chloe was having a hard time, and of course, uh, uh, Joanna's usually the one to get up, and uh, men, that's, that's a shame on me. That's not a good thing, but she's usually the one to get up with the children and all that, but last night, I got up with Chloe, and you know what? She was miserable. She was having a hard time. She didn't know what was going on. It was the middle of the night, probably a bad dream or something, and I'm thinking as I'm holding her, I'm thinking, I'd love to be in bed right now. I'd love to be sleeping right now. But can I tell you, as much as I wasn't happy about missing out on sleep, here I am holding my little girl soon to be four. And I'm holding her and I'm thinking, I'm so glad that God, God brought Chloe into our lives because she's my child. Uh, She is my child. I'm her father. She brings joy to me. Sure, there'll be times our children disappoint us. Sure, there'll be times that our children will let us down like we've done to our parents, right? But can I tell you, it doesn't change the fact that you are God's child. He joys over you. He rejoices over you. It says that he will rest in his love. Oh, I am so glad there's nothing you can do to change the fact that God loves you, period, End of, end of, end of a statement, uh, end of conversation. God loves you and he loves you forever. He loves you today and he'll love you tomorrow and his love is an everlasting love and nothing is gonna move God from loving you. He will rest in his love. And then it says he will joy over thee with singing. This is God. He will joy. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice because of you, and he'll do it with singing. I'd like to speak for a few moments this morning on joy in singing. I see in this passage the what. The what is that we are to sing. Singing is a command of God. It's not a suggestion. It's not an idea. It's not certain days or certain times, but we are commanded to sing and praise God. Notice the how. It's found in verse number 14. It says, sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart. Did you know our singing ought to be done with gladness? Our singing ought to be done with rejoicing. Now, I'll I'll tell you, uh, we are so blessed. We've got these, these two hymn books. We've got the songs and hymns of revival and songs and hymns from the heart. And some of the ones in the blue book are in the gold book. But, uh, but, but they're all, they're so good. And there might, be, there might be a song or two that maybe is a sad song or it reminds you of a sad experience, maybe a funeral or maybe a, something like that. But you know, 99.9% of those songs, they bring joy to my heart. Those songs cause me to rejoice. Even the songs about the hard times and songs about the trials because they remind us how good God's been. The songs about heaven, you say, oh, but my loved one is gone and they're in heaven and we do weep and yes, we do miss them, but I'm glad we've got heaven to look forward to. I'm glad for the the songs that we can sing with gladness and rejoicing and then it says uh, we are to sing and rejoice with all the heart. Now, I used this illustration in the early service. Brother Fats, he's been leading singing since 1975. And I asked, I said, Brother Fats, you think there have been some times maybe you've just gone through the motions in your song leading? Maybe you didn't think about the words, and you know, he nodded and said, yeah, I've been there. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gotten through the whole song service and you're like, what did I just sing? <laughs> oh, what, what was that song again? And uh, I think about the Websters who have sung these songs hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of times. And we've got your CD, uh, uh, my girls and I will listen to it in the car. We're getting real good on the background singers for Up Above. I mean, we've, we've just about got that one down. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll, we'll sing the song so many times and sometimes we don't put our heart into it. But, you know, God wants us to sing and to praise him with all our heart. That's the how. We're to sing and to praise God with all the heart. But notice verse number 16. It says, in that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear thou not. Did you know we can sing with confidence? Did you know we can sing these songs? And we're not guessing. When we say Jesus saves, there's not a question mark after that. There's an exclamation point. Because we know he saves. You say, how do you know Jesus saves? Because he saved me. He saved you. I know that Jesus saves because He is the Savior for all the world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. When we sing, Jesus is coming again. Brother Greg, I'm so glad that we're not wondering. We're not guessing. We're not hoping. We know with confidence that Jesus is coming again. And we can sing with confidence in the fact that the songs that we sing are true because they're based upon the Word of God. I see the what, I see the how, and I see the why. Why do we sing? say, Pastor, I know it's commanded to sing. I know God says we're supposed to sing, but I don't have reason to sing. I don't feel like singing. There's nothing that motivates me to sing. Well, hang on. Let me show you why you should sing. And let me remind myself why I should sing. It's found in verse number 15. By the way, this is introduction. I may not get to the message, but verse 15, it says, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments. Oh, hang, whoa, 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 hang on. I did not tell the Websters what I was preaching this morning. They didn't tell me what they were singing. But you know, the first song that they sang in the early service and the first song here that they sang in this service was, Lord, I'm thankful, not just for the blessings that you've given me, but I'm thankful for what you took away. Oh, I'm so thankful that God has taken some things away from me. I'm thankful that the guilt I used to have, I'm thankful God took that away. I'm thankful for the shame that God took away and the sin that God took away. It says that He will remove our judgments. Hallelujah for the fact of God's mercy. You say, why do we sing, pastor? We sing because we don't get what we do deserve. We deserve eternity in a place called hell. We deserve the punishment of sin, and we deserve the wrath of God, and we deserve the judgment of God. Oh, friend, but I'm so glad we can sing this morning and say, Lord, thank you for the judgments that I didn't get that I deserved. Hallelujah for that. It says, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments, and he hath cast out thine enemy. You know, we've got an enemy, friend. He is walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we have an enemy that we are no match for. When that enemy shows up at your house this week and he tries to remind you of all the bad stuff you've done and he tries to accuse you of all the the thoughts and he tries to accuse you of all the the things you've said and all the the way you've acted and that, that old devil shows up this week at your house or maybe he shows up at your workplace and he wants to tell you what a hypocrite you are and he wants to tell you what a phony you are and what a failure you are. Or maybe he tries to jump on your shoulder and ride with you to work this week. You have no power to cast him out of that house. You have no power to cast him out of that workplace. You have no power to kick him out of the car. Oh, but I know somebody who does have the power to kick him out. You say, how do you know that? Because he's already done it once. God cast Lucifer out of heaven and he is uh, victorious and powerful over the enemy and he can cast out the enemy Verse number 15, the king of Israel, even the Lord is in the midst of thee. You say, well, well why? why should we sing and why should we rejoice? Because of the presence of God. You're not going through life on your own. You may feel that way. You may feel like your spouse is not engaged and, and connected. and You may feel like your friends are not there. You may feel like your parents are not there for you. You may feel like your children are not there for you. And you may feel all alone in life, but friend, I got news for you. You're not traveling this pathway on your own. You have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And that's something to sing about. That's something to rejoice and to praise God that he is in the midst of thee. Notice with me verse number 17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. What a mighty God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. And then it says, he will save. Oh, I'll tell you why you can sing this morning. You can sing because you're saved. You can sing because your name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. I don't find in Scripture anywhere where a lost person is commanded to sing or a lost person is expected to sing. But I'll promise you this. Every born again child of God, we're commanded to sing and we ought to sing because we've got something to sing about. We've been saved. We're on our way to heaven. We've uh, been passed from death unto life. We will not spend a moment in hell. We have eternal life walking on streets of gold. Hallelujah. That's why we ought to sing. We should sing because of what God has done in our lives. Psalm 40, David, the psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord and I cried unto him and he heard me. It says he lifted me up out of a horrible pit and he lifted me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock. Hallelujah, aren't you glad God's put your feet on a rock? You're not in that pit anymore. But then verse three says this. After God saved David, David said, and he put a new song in my mouth. And I tell you, when you get saved, God gives you a song. And it's a new song. The old song was all about self, and the old song was all about what you want and what makes you happy. But the new song is a song of praise to Almighty God. That's why we ought to sing. Notice with me verse number 20. It says, at that time I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord, I am thankful that I have not, and it doesn't make me better than anybody else, but I'm thankful that I have not spent time in jail. I am thankful that I have not been locked up. And by the way, maybe some of you have, and you say, oh, what will people think of me? I'll tell you what we'll think. We're glad you're in church and we're glad you got some things right, and we're glad you're on the straight and narrow way, and we're glad you're trying to serve God and live for God. But I've never been in jail, and I thank the Lord for that. But can I tell you, God's people knew what it it was like to be in captivity. They knew what it was like to be in bondage. They knew what it was like to be chained and to be enslaved and to be under the rule and the power of another. And God turned their captivity... God set them free. You say, well, we've never been in captivity. Oh, yes, you have. You were in the chains, and I was in the chains of sin. And those chains were so thick, there was nothing we could do to get loose. There was nothing we could do to get free. There was no way out until Jesus stepped in and turned your captivity, and He set me free. Hallelujah. There's joy in singing. Let me give you quickly the message. That was the introduction. Here's the message and we'll be done. Number one, I've already said it, but there's a command. There's a command for every child of God to sing. You say, oh no, pastor, that's just for the choir. Oh no, that's not just for the choir. You say, it's just for the pastors or it's just for the people who are gifted. It's just for the Webster family. It's just for the people that are talented. It's just for the people that are born with that. Oh no, 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 no. We're not talking about getting up and singing a special or making a CD. We're talking about singing praise to God Almighty. And every child of God should sing. We see in the Bible, Moses, he was a farmer, but he sang. We see that David was a shepherd, but he sang. He became a king, and he still sang. He was a soldier, and he sang. Nehemiah was a builder, and he gathered the singers together. Paul was a tent maker and later he was a prisoner, but he still sang. The disciples were fishermen, but they still sang. Jesus was and is the Son of God. Yet before Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, Jesus took time to sing and to worship his Father. Our God is a singing God. We see that in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse number 17. Our God wants us to sing, our God commands us to sing, and when we obey, The command of God, obedience always brings joy and obedience always brings blessing. Isaiah 35, verse 10, you don't have to turn there. It says, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads and they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I'm glad that we can sing. It's a command, number one. Number two, it's what God wants. You see, God is a musical being. God sings, God desires to hear our singing. Singing was not my idea. Singing was not the choir director's idea. Singing was not something that some man came up with and said, oh, I like the way this sounds. Singing was God's desire for what he wants and what he chooses. Psalm 100, the Bible says we are to come before his presence with what? Singing. We're to come before Him with singing. Number three, singing is a result of putting the Word of God in your heart. Colossians 3, the Bible says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. It says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, sometimes we don't have a song because we don't get the Bible in us. When we get the Bible in us, boy, there's going to be a song that wants to come out. And by the way, it works the other way. You got a song in your heart? Guess what? You're going to want to get in the Bible and get more of this in you. We teach our children so much of the Bible we teach them at an early age, and much of it we teach them in songs. Think about the first song. If you grew up in in Sunday school, probably the first song you ever learned was, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. How many of you learned that song when you were a child? Most of us. You know what that song is doing? It's teaching you the Bible. Uh, we teach our children the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. The, the, the music is a result of putting the Bible in your heart. Number four, I want you to turn with me, please, to First Samuel chapter 16. This will be the last place I'll have you turn. First Samuel 16. Singing is a result of being filled with the Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, we are to be filled with the Spirit, and when we're filled with the Spirit, there will be a song. But 1 Samuel 16, the Bible says that Samuel anointed David to be the king over Israel, and when he did that, it says in verse 13, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. But notice verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. In the Old Testament, Christians did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit 24-7 like what we have today. If you're here today and you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and He will always be there. Now, you can grieve Him, you can quench Him, but He's still there. Uh, He has residence in your life. In the Old Testament, The Spirit of God would come and go at times, like, for instance, with Samson. The Spirit of the Lord would move upon him, and at times, the Spirit of the Lord would not move. In this case, Saul had the Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit of God on him, but the Spirit of God departed. And the Bible says an evil spirit troubled him. We get to verse number 15. It says, And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. That word "trouble" means to agitate. It means to irritate, means to be frustrated. You know, there's a lot of people in 2019, there's a lot of people you meet who are irritated. There's a lot of people that are agitated. And you say, Pastor, I know I live with somebody like that. Don't don't tell me about it, but just, I know there are people like that. Um, But you know what the problem is? If we're irritated and we're agitated all the time, I'll tell you one thing, we're not filled with the Spirit. We're not controlled with the Holy Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. If you've got the Holy Spirit controlling you, you're not going to be always irritated and agitated and angry, but Saul was. So they sent to find somebody who could play an instrument and sing. They found David. It says in verse number 21, and David came to Saul and stood before him. And he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found grace and found favor in my sight. Would you notice verse 23, 1 Samuel 16? And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed. You know what that word refreshed means? He was revived. Boy, he got that new life. Boy, he got that new perspective. He got that new outlook and and things changed. He was revived, refreshed, and was well. That word well, it's found here in this passage, it's found earlier in this chapter. That word well literally is the word happy or joyful. Saul was not happy. Saul was not joyful until somebody came that was spirit-filled and played an instrument and sang a song and Saul's spirit was refreshed and he was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Now, friend, this is not rocket science. I'm just telling you this. You know what would help you this week? To turn off the news. I'm not saying you can't listen to any news. I'm just saying you don't need three hours of it. I'm just saying you don't need that 24-7. You know what would help you this week? If you turned off the radio, if you turned off the TV, if you just pushed play on some good Christ-honoring music, it will change your spirit in a heartbeat. I'll tell you one reason, and I didn't get into this in the early service. I wish I would have. But can I tell you one reason why people are so angry? Just play back what they've been listening to. When you listen to music that's angry and uh, music that's mad and music that's hateful and music that's violent, guess what? It's going to affect your spirit. But music is something that is a result, singing is a result of being filled with the spirit. You want to get your joy back? You want to be refreshed and revived and be well? I'll tell you this, you need to get the right kind of music in your life. That, for Saul, was what made the difference. You say, but what about preaching? Yeah, we need preaching. What about praying? Yeah, we need praying. But you cannot leave out good, godly music. You need to have it in your automobile. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? You know those, those little things you put in, those eight tracks, you know, put those in? Anybody still have one of those in their car? Maybe a classic car? Uh, Anybody have a cassette player still? You know what I'm talking about? Hey, put those cassettes in, a CD player. And now you just hook it up to your car, hook your phone up or whatever. You need some music on your computer. You need some good music uh, in your home. You need some good music in your car. You need some good music, not just to pass the time, but you need some good music to minister to your spirit. I'll tell you, uh, I was ministered to this morning. Our choir did a wonderful job. I was ministered to just just hearing the Webster sing. I'll tell you, it it, it did something for my spirit. But music is the result of being spirit-filled. And lastly, singing brings victory to your life. I won't have you turn there. But 2 Chronicles 20, God's people were in a battle. And as they're going to battle, the Bible says that they were outnumbered. They were surrounded There was no hope. They weren't going to win the battle with their military uh, expertise. So here's what they did. They prayed. Boy, that's a novel idea. They prayed. The Bible says they fasted. They got serious. It was not just, Lord, uh, bless our day, amen. It was, Lord, we're so desperate. We're going to miss some meals because we need you to step in. They prayed. They fasted. The Bible says they worshiped God. I do not understand how people go through battles and they go through trials and they stop going to church. I don't understand that. Because I would think that when we're going through battles and trials, that ought to be all the more reason to get to church and that ought to be all the more reason to to get alone with God and that ought to be all the more reason to, to, to call upon Him. But the children of Israel, they did that. They worshiped God. And then the Bible says, and they sang. And when they sang, the Bible says that God sent ambushments. God sent... A a, a victory to surround their enemy, to defeat their enemy, and God's people won the victory. And you say, what was the strategy? It was not a sharper sword. It was not a better bow and arrow. It wasn't a longer spear. It wasn't tougher shields. It was singing and singing got him the victory. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying to be spooky, but I'll tell you this. There have been times in my life where God gave me a song to get me through a valley. There have been times in my life where God got me through a storm. And I'd like to say, Brother Webster, I'd like to say it was, you know, a great message or it was a great truth I found in the scripture. And sometimes it's been that, but sometimes it's been a song that God will give and God will get you the victory. Remember what Paul and Silas did in Acts 16? They were locked up in jail and it was midnight. How are they going to get out? Well, I don't know, but The Bible says they just sang and praised the Lord, and when they did, God sent an earthquake and opened that jail. And the victory came to Paul and Silas when they sang. I want to encourage you this week. Let's get a song back in our heart. Let's get a song back on our lips. Let's get some good, godly, Christ-honoring music back in our lives so that we can see the victory and we can see the joy restored.